and people of the United States to form a more perfect union, secure the blessings of liberty, reestablish the meaning of the Constitution. Hello friends and welcome to We The People Show. This is your host Tiger and today joining me is um, a former co-host. Now he is the expert analyst, AJ Scardino. Hello AJ. Hello everyone. Welcome back bro. Thank you, appreciate it. Now today it's not going to be, we're not talking about a topic like for example the Second Amendment or anything or current news. We're just exploring the origins of this show. Now to um, give a little backstory, uh, briefly, I, it started with a Twitter account. I took a class in spring of 2019 semester. It's called FDOM, and it's called it's basically fundamentals of digital media. And one of the requirements is having me having us to create a new Twitter account. And I at the time I had a personal one which is private, so I had to set up a public one. And I just used that even after the class, occasionally, and I tweeted mainly in the Democratic debates over the summer of 19, 2019. And at one point, one of my tweets got, like, so much attention. Like, I tweeted, it was about the Democratic debate and how I said none of the Democrats were worthy for me to support and that I'm still sticking with Trump. And what happened ended up was... A lot of people talk crap to me about supporting Trump, and it's it's just a oh, I remember that. insane. Yeah. And yeah, AJ, you saw those tweets, and these people are just wow, intolerant and vulgar, right? Yes, um, yeah, you got that right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just I remember uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I remember all the I remember some of some of the comments. I go back looking at it. I was like, "Oh my goodness, these people are very aggressive for no reason." Right, just, just um, being mean to me over, for me, for supporting my First Amendment right. Like they're just saying those mean things over the fact that I just endorsed the the President Trump for a reelection. And as a matter of fact, I yeah, told, like, yeah, I told. AJ about this everyone and and AJ suggested the idea of starting a podcast so I thought hey maybe it's a good idea to get the message out in terms of being pro free speech in the end and yeah that's how the show got started in which I converted that first second personal account of mine to the show's account and boom that's how we the people show everyone was born now aj what are your first thoughts yeah, on crazy. on uh at first in terms of like getting the setup and such the mic and stuff like that what was uh what were my like first idea well what were like my thoughts of like doing all that stuff like the research on the mics and stuff you mean yeah the like, initial setup because we see other like great, it, it, like we see other oh, I, people. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, it's like it was like really surreal for me because I was like surprised. Like I didn't think it was actually like gonna follow through. I thought it was just kind of like I was just kind of 
like, oh yeah, make a podcast, you know, like just kind of freelancing that idea out there. And then you were like, and then that's like something that really interested you. And it was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, um, like it just kind of, it just all kind of happened. And it was like, wow, this is really cool. How it just like kind of came from nothing, you know? Right. Initially we had this idea, you know, AJ, you and I know like, uh, at first, we want to start something like the way Rush Limbaugh did it or the way Ben Shapiro did it, you know, half podcast, half radio. But until we discovered Anchor, like in August-ish of 2020, and that's why before Anchor, the app, we relied on YouTube. And it's not more of a podcast. We were more of a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Now, AJ, what yeah. do you, looking back, what do you think about like the content we have so far for the channel before Anchor? Before Anchor, it was mostly just, um, you know, we we didn't really, like, bring, um, we didn't talk as much about the election because that was, like, back in, like, February and, and March. And so, but then we started to get into, like, some of the, uh, we started to like give some commentary on like super Tuesday and like, uh, and like other, like another important dates leading up to the election. Um, we tried to explain like some topics that the candidates would cover. Um, like we went over taxes in the first episode. Um, like just kind of giving like we did a lot of episodes like that where it's just like a general overview of this topic you know and so that's kind of how it worked in the beginning yes and i see that like following up to that um i see that at first in the beginning of the show's videos we did mainly pretty well scripted content but as uh, it progresses to when let's say i guess covid started is just uh, free for all. Just say what we gotta say for a certain topic. Yeah, COVID was a uh, an in- COVID was an interesting curveball thrown at us during that time, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, I guess. And uh, now that we have vaccines coming out, but still, it's it's not guaranteed to be effective coming forward in twenty twenty one. Like, what are your thoughts of this year, though? I felt kind of fifty fifty ish. Like with vaccines and stuff coming out, and, or about how the show, uh, like about just, how the show is going to be run. I guess everything since you know twenty twenty was pretty crappy, and we don't know how twenty twenty one would go. Like, well, twenty twenty one is going to be a lot of the same. It's going to be really chaotic and weird, but I feel like we're already more used to it and more tolerated to it as like a general society than we were when it first started, and so it's probably gonna feel like it's going a lot smoother but it's still pretty chaotic you know yeah like like all the social distancing no gatherings like all that stuff is like so foreign to us now at this point that like at least like in my personal opinion i feel like it might have never even like happened before you know like i did like when i think about like all the stuff that i used to do it was like oh my gosh i actually did that i went to i went to sporting events with other people that i didn't know like how weird you know but um yeah it's i don't know it feels like different since 
as uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly say speak for other age demographics, but for us in the twenty to twenty nine range age range, it feels like uh-huh. historical. Like a pandemic happened in our lifetime, like none. It happened. It didn't happen before, but we. It unfortunately it just had to happen around our age, like twenty early twenties. Yeah, it's happening at a pretty inconvenient time for us because we're all like graduating and like trying to find first jobs and things like that. So, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's yeah. interesting. I initially thought personally that um, it's gonna blow over by the next year, but it turns out it's still ongoing. And in some states, it's hard to control, like California and New York, where tough tough lockdowns are in place. And in China, even in China, which it uh, it originated Wuhan and yeah it's been another surge happened presumably another strain which is a scary thing oh. but, and the thing is yeah. you have to notice that um the media is fear mongering like unnecessary fear mongering like it, common sense speaking I we get it there's a new strain of the virus but still a, a proper course of action should be still do what you got to do wash your hands and keep distance wear masks when needed just common sense stuff and yet the media tends to throw that out the window in favor of fear-mongering yeah it's definitely an interesting approach um <laughs> i don't know if interesting is the right word but it's the word i'm gonna go with yeah. um i don't know it just seems a little tactical to me tactical and pre-planned but yeah. because um, no further comment. tyranny is happening everywhere not just like necessarily in politics but it's happening on the family level like just last night my father told me oh don't don't go to that pro-life march parade in january 23rd in austin and i was like bro i'm still going i have a mask i'll keep that mask on and yeah it's just insane I mean, I get it that it might contribute, the march might contribute to another, you know, a round of COVID cases, but what I personally believe is personal responsibility. Liberty requires personal responsibility, and I'll take that responsibility. And if there's an if there are idiots at the march who don't wear masks, it's on them if they get COVID. But for me, I am wearing a mask. I am being responsible, so... CCP dad, I'm going there willy-nilly. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, it's good that you're going because it's something that you um, that you stand for very strongly pro-life. Um, and so that's... Yeah. You, we can't live in fear anymore. We just kind of right. have to live our lives as best we can and just try to not put other people in danger um, of the virus. So... Yeah. And by wearing a mask, you're doing your part. So exactly, I say good enough. And they keep saying it's like, like just in general, the the Chinese way of thinking. Like, it's just there's a different way the governments operate here in America and in China. In China, everyone has a collective mindset, while here it's federalism, it's individualism. So there is a difference in the way of thinking between the two countries citizens which i also understand so does so does my uh grandmother who's not involved politically but her husband kind of is my grandpa 
And yeah, my grandma basically understands my approaches in terms of this pandemic, unlike my grandpa who just repeats what my dad said about COVID, the CCP fear-mongering. Oh, we need strict lockdowns everywhere. Like, AJ, have you seen what the lockdowns did to mental health and such and the economy? We got to reopen up. We can't stay in fear forever. No, no. And if you live in fear over something that you don't even, like, we don't have a full 100% grasp of what's going on right now anyway. And so, like, people don't know what to fear. They know what they're, well, they they know what they're fearing. They just don't know how much they should fear it. And so they fear it a lot. Yes. And it's it's not good for mental health, like being cooped up inside all day in your house and only going to like only going to like a grocery store or like somewhere. It just doesn't it just doesn't bode well for us. And um, people freak out and it causes like it causes like anxiety and depression and all these other things that like that just like slowly tear at the structures of our country. And like slowly, like make our country weaker and weaker, um, and so it's just it's not good for anybody. Yeah, and uh, I have a. I realize after this, I have a point to make that um, over the course of five months, I believe, from yeah, five months from March twenty twenty to August, I've been locked up in my own home. Like CCP dad's fear mongering is just uh, insane and. And when I moved in in August to my new apartment, Sam Mo, I seemed, I acted like awkwardly socially because I literally been haven't seen another person besides my parents for five months. So that's how lockdowns affected me in terms of like, I, I, it, I literally kind of reverted myself back to the middle school days, which is not good. It's like having a middle school mindset in, in a, a 22-ish year old adult body wow that's but that's just crazy yeah i didn't even think crazy. That, like that's 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 insane i'm sorry that that happened to you man yeah. um but hey it's it's all good i'm not i'm now all better because um i've been doing i back i, I resumed to do what i used to do before the pandemic like approximately around october november ish going to i guess the media could fear mongers say gatherings, but I guess in a way, just social hangouts with my friends over there. I do wear a mask only around older people I know are vulnerable. And I admit, I don't wear a mask around my people my age because it's a high survival rate virus. That, and that's the beautiful thing about individualism, everybody, personal responsibility. Yeah, and it's it's good that um, we're about to go back to school and get out of this, like, almost, like, quarantine that we're in right now so then we can, like, get back to slowly, like, try to get back to, like, a normalcy for our just, like, in terms of, like, our routines and yes. seeing, like, our roommates and all that stuff and so it'll make us it'll make it'll make us in a put us in a better mental place and that's for sure right a slow transition back to normalcy so yes aj and we got to return to normalcy and bradley 
Hey, welcome to the show. And regarding the origins of the show, AJ and I were just talking about how it got started. It started with a, a Twitter account, the show's account. It was originally my second account that I made for a class. And how the show's idea was got started was the fact that I tweeted in support of Trump after a Democratic debate. And I got a lot of crap thrown at me. So many people were being mean to me. And I told AJ about it. And boom, me and him started this idea for this show. What would you think about that, Bradley? Oh, well, uh, I think that's uh, quite a story there. And uh, uh, a story certainly of uh, humble origin. <laughs> yeah. It just motivated me to tell these leftist a-holes to, hey, that's what you're doing is not right. It's just bullying and intolerance. And speaking of which, Bradley, AJ, have either of you um, experienced something like this before? Well, uh, I guess uh, I could go first and talk about how uh, uh, sometimes I'll... Uh, I'll tweet things criticizing uh, the Democrats or say something that is relatively pro-conservative, pro-Republican, or even sometimes pro-Trump. And uh, sometimes I'll get some uh, angry liberal to respond uh, to me. And uh, that, honestly, that doesn't really happen, though, despite my account being public. Mm. And even using hashtags sometimes. So thankfully it hasn't happened too much. Well, that's good. As for me, um, I I guess it's the same in a way, considering it was a big event at the time in terms of that tweet, that origin story. And um, as for other scenarios, I'm going to get a lot more crap now that I, I was, I'm currently a student government senator as well as um, an officer with a conservative organization. And of course, the left is going to target me and... And my advice for that, everyone, just stand, just uh, hold firm, but keep on believing in uh, what what you believe in. Don't let cancel culture get get to you. Uh, it's that these people are just insane. Just ignore them, and that's how people like Tucker Carlson aren't canceled because he still believe what he believes in. And um, yeah, I encourage all of y'all to do the same. To combat cancel culture. Now, Bradley, AJ, um, what are your thoughts on this uh, this show's future going forward? Now that we presumably going to see a Biden administration. Well, one thing's for sure. Um, even though the show's official stance is nonpartisan, of course we're going to have our own personal views. Now, my personal view is I will certainly hold Joe Biden accountable for. Everything he does, everything he says, um, every legislative policy he signs into law and uh, executive order he he signs. Um, I'm going to keep an eye out. If, if he does do something that will help uh, bring the country together or something that I like, great. But honestly, I don't have much hope for Biden being a good president, in my opinion, given he himself, they talked about uh, Trump having divisive rhetoric and you could argue he does at times. Um, maybe he'll say things that he shouldn't say, for sure, uh, especially given the 
the capital riots that happened. But at the same time, no one can say with a straight face Biden is a unifying president, considering he uh, he's implied he's been in favor of the impeachment, Trump's second impeachment. Um, he claimed that if it was Black Lives Matter, they would have been treated better, which uh, is completely false to say. And uh, Biden has kind of caved into the woke um, cultural left in a way, given from uh, his change in policy stances and the things he says. So if anything, I think he's going to really polarize half the country and he's going to forget that there were 75 million people that voted against him. So that's what I have to say. Yeah, uh, I guess it's a fair take and... And following up to that, um, Kurt, the Biden inaugural committee has released a theme called um, America United, which I find that pretty ironic. If the Democrats really want to unite, then they should really stop like blaming the other side, stop like calling them names and such, and actually like be the people of their word. Yeah, now, now all of a sudden Ted Cruz and Josh Howley uh, committed uh, sedition. Well, in that case, did Barbara Boxer commit sedition when she uh, voted against the certification of uh, Bush's victory in Ohio in 2005? Yeah, the irony like, there is just that, oh, like, it's not seditious, seditious when Democrats do it, but it is when GOP do it. It's just insane. Exactly. <laughs> and AJ, I'm sorry I cut you off, but I will let you have the floor. No, you're good. Um, just going with like how Joe Biden is taking over and like the transition from Biden, it's just I don't know. I just feel like I'll definitely uh, be able to chime in a lot when it comes to um, when it comes to like uh, <laughs> when it comes to their differences and their natural resource uh, opinions and uh, the policies that they support or anything like that. It's going to be very interesting um, to see the transition of our energy sources in the next couple of years. So, um, and this whole second, this whole second impeachment of Trump, I just personally feel like it's, they just don't want a 2024 comeback for president Trump. They don't want him to be able to run again. Um, but I don't know if that's, I know that's, that's an opinion. That's not like, that's not factual in any way, but like, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and even though Trump might be gone, like voted out, but still the the supposed Trumpism remains, and that's what currently me and Bradley has taken a stance on in terms of for the 2024 election, which personally for me, I want someone like Ron DeSantis, for example, to try to run someone who has Trump's ideas, not necessarily like Trump himself. Unless I would endorse Trump if he runs and end up end up the nominee, but still it's Trumpism that remains. And another, I guess another term for that would be populism. And Bradley and I guess a guest that we had before, Cavazos, Christian Cavazos, he said he want Mike Pence or nobody for the GOP nominee. Like, what would you, what would y'all take on that for twenty twenty four? Oh, I certainly have a lot to say about the um, about the GOP nomination process in 2024. So um, I, know, I know it's uh, it's uh, less than four years away, but believe me, it's going to go by really fast. But, uh, you know, uh, looking into the future, um, 
honestly, I, I don't, I don't think Trump should be impeached, but because I think it'll, um, it won't unify the country. Um, but at the same time, I don't want him to run in twenty twenty four because I think he'll lose, and the Democrats will probably use the riots against him. And given he lost in twenty twenty, I'm not sure if he could. But I would like to see a candidate that would carry on some of his policies. So I think Trump's best case right here is that he ends up being a kingmaker and will support a candidate that will support some policies that uh, he brought into the Republican Party. Uh, so I think the best candidates uh, to do that. So so first you'll have to have a candidate that will adopt some of his policies while at the same time kind of preaching the classical GOP um establishment, low taxes, uh, small government, low regulation kind of thing that will appeal to suburban voters. So you got, you got to appeal to the suburban voters and uh, the Trump populist voters. So I think some of the best candidates to do that would be, in my opinion, Mike Pence, uh, the current vice president, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, and uh, there's someone else. I don't I don't remember who it was. Now, as for me, uh, I, I, uh, those yeah. are top three. Yeah. Those are so, his opinion. Yeah. So honestly, I uh, those those are my top my top choices, and I think those candidates would be the ones to defeat Joe Biden or Kamala Harris in twenty twenty four. And as for the Democratic Party, like, what would you say? about uh, this the condition it is now since in my opinion i think we already a divided country like not just democrats versus republicans but within each party like we have trumpian versus the establishmentarian and on the other hand progressives versus the i guess the democrats establishment like joe manchin for example a senator from west virginia yeah that's another thing too so the media is highlighting the divide between the the Trump populists and the establishment Republicans right now, which is true, but they seem to forget that after a, a Biden enacts all his policies in office or whatever he's trying to pursue, I guarantee you a lot of progressives and democratic socialists, the democratic socialist wing of the um, Democratic Party are going to be very disappointed about what he's done, and they're not going to be enthusiastic to vote for him or um, Democratic candidates in the 2022 midterms, in my opinion. So in conclusion, I guess, gentlemen, we see um, an escalation in U.S. politics for the next four years. In in terms of yeah. just, I guess, uh, tweets, debates, whatever, like policies and such. Yeah, unfortunately, that seems to be the case. I look on TV and the news and it feels like we're already in the Civil War, unfortunately. Not as bad as the the one 150 years ago, but still pretty bad. Yep, just no armed conflict, but still, I I hope, I, I mean, everyone hopes for unity, but we gotta, like, like, actually do it, unlike the Democrats who promise unity, and yet they're not preaching it, they're still saying divisive crap. For sure, especially talking about sedition and, and stuff, like... If they're going to talk about unity, they have to mean it. Yeah, they have to actually Otherwise, mean they're hypocrites. It. Yes. Like like they are being hypocrites now. <laughs> now, going a, we're almost going a little off topic, but for the purpose of talking about the origins of this show, AJ, um, yeah, we're glad to hear back. Yeah, 
and co-host, I have to let you know, co-host Bradley's doing a good job so far as co-host, your former position. Well, thank you, Tiger. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back, guys. I appreciate y'all allowing me to come back on. Now, AJ, um, what are your thoughts on your, how, how do you feel, first of all, about your new position as the expert analyst? I like it. I like, um, I like the title. It makes me feel, makes me feel special. But, um, but outside of that, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like a lot of the, I feel like me being able to talk about more things that I'm like comfortable talking about, uh, and like, um, instead of just more broad general politics, I feel like that would bring like better like quality to like the show, be able to get a different like insight to certain things. And so um, I feel like it's going to be good for good, good for all of us. Yep. That's for sure. You bet. And I honestly am glad we're not like extremely popular in terms of having a lot of audience like Ben Shapiro and Rush Limbaugh, but I'm happy we're doing this as, I guess, a hobby rather than our full-time jobs because in the end, we're all going to be busy with our individual uh, careers. For me, journalists. For Bradley, maybe a think tank. And AJ, for you, working in the geosciences industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I love doing this. Yep. And as for in terms of your field, AJ, um, we will be eventually be talking about topics like, say, the Green New Deal, because the progressives are pushing for that stuff, and who knows if the Biden administration will try to do it. Am I right? Yeah, who knows? Like, <laughs> they say that they want to. They say that they want to get us back into get us back into ways of of uh, <laughs> of green. Um, prominence and that's just um we'll see how that goes (laughs) yeah good luck with that and we also (laughs) not only in within the u.s but outside of the u.s we see crazy i guess public figures like this random girl from sweden thumberg oh yeah (laughs) and with the biden administration coming um we're gonna see a lot of like globalist things being pushed forward because there's a reason why the deep state want Biden over Trump because they know Trump straining the swamp. They know he is more of a nationalist country first than the world first, supposedly in their image. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, people like um, just other countries in general, like that's the whole thing with the with like smaller government like that uh the GOP pushes is that we try to not necessarily like isolate ourselves but we try to better ourselves and we try to become more self-sufficient in the purpose of in the for economic purposes um where where uh, the progressive stance is really to seems to just to like to spend a lot of money from what I see. So, um, but, um, it's more of like a, it's more of a global involvement. So really just depends on what you think, but, um, and as for, um, other 
our last talking point of the day, folks, um, regarding the Biden administration in China, Bradley, you firmly believe that uh, he's not going to do well in terms of standing up to China because we see the CCP rising and sometimes that's not a good thing. It might be a yeah, it's a we got to address the CCP, their crackdown in Hong Kong and what they're doing in Xinjiang. Yeah, certainly. <clears throat> I mean, you saw Twitter's hypocrisy of uh, the, I think it was the Chinese embassy in the U.S., how they were literally uh, praising the um, sterilization of Uyghur, uh, Uyghur women and how their population wasn't reproducing. They were, they were indirectly praising that, and Twitter didn't censor them. But, and, and back to how Biden will engage China, um, I may add that, yeah, he's, he's not going to be aggressive with them at all, I'm afraid. And uh, given from the way he's talked, uh, talked about them and how he views them as a partner, not an adversary, I uh, am really worried he's going to be, be too soft on them. Yeah, and uh, it's, I guess, uh, folks, I want to point out not only... We're in the second Cold War right now. I definitely want to, I firmly believe that China right now, in my opinion, is the second Soviet Union. And this second Cold War, the difference is there's no nuclear standoff. It's more of a cultural standoff. And I guess, uh, in a way, diplomatic standoff. Considering we see, you know, Eric Sarwell and I guess Feng Feng or whatever. Have you all heard about it? I know, Bradley, you have. Yeah, I heard about that uh, that scandal with Eric Solwell and the Chinese spy. Yeah, apparently, like, um, Ted Cruz, senators like Ted Cruz preached for screw the commies, and I guess Eric there took it literal. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as for... The, the CCP and our relations in the United States, folks, there's a reason why I withdraw my recognition of the mainland as China. I now support Taiwan because I cannot, I just cannot ignore the CCP's abuses any further. And as for the U.S. as a nation doing it, it's risky, might cause international backlash, but hey, we will do what we can to call China out for their crap. I hope y'all are with me. Yeah, 100%. Always. <laughs> yes, and as a matter of fact, I've been searching jobs personally, and uh, one of the jobs I applied for was to go to Shanghai, and my, my do grad school in Shanghai, but who knows, and my cousin there informed me that uh, she will help me with setting up a VPN, so yeah, that's one way to resist, bypass their firewall, because I cannot, like, stand not using Snapchat, for example, for who knows how long, because it's blocked by their censorship. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's one of the, one of the many applications that they don't support for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, or not surprising, honestly. Now, to close this off, uh, folks, what are your thoughts on the show in just in general for the future? Considering we have a pretty tense political atmosphere right now. 
Well, um, uh, I can say I, I hope uh, for for the success of the show after uh, one year of its launch, I believe. Yes. And, uh, um, I'll say uh, I'm looking forward to keeping up to date with the political environment. Hope things get better, but they probably won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm, a con- I'm overall going to continue uh, enjoying working on this show. Yeah, I'm glad to have you, man. And AJ. Yeah, looking forward looking forward to working with you and and AJ. Well, I appreciate your help, Bradley. Uh, AJ, your closing thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, I'm just looking forward to 2021, seeing what it has to hold for us. Um, hoping that, hoping that, uh, everything just, everyone like stays healthy and, uh, hoping it's a smooth transition just to, just for everything and, uh, hoping that everybody just, uh, is able to keep up with the politics and stay informed and have their own opinions on it and uh, and just be and just be informed. That's all. That's all that really matters. Um, just have your own opinions and don't think. Um, just think for yourself. That's the most important thing. Yes. Very well said. Thank you, AJ. And. Gentlemen, uh, we finished high school at the Obama era and lived through college with the Trump era. And now in the post-college life, the Biden era. And believe me, everyone, it's going to be a long, tough four four years. And uh, I wish us all, conservatives and liberals alike, best of luck. And just keep on believing what you believe in. Because in the end of the day, the First Amendment shall prevail. Thank you for joining me, AJ and Bradley, and um, I hope we have a good one. Thank you, you got Thank you. We, the people of the United States, to form a more perfect union, secure the blessings of liberty, reestablish the meaning of the Constitution.